Welcome to RevAmp, the revenue amplification podcast powered by DealHub.io. I'm your host, Gideon Thomas, and we will be speaking to some of the most exciting revenue leaders within the community. Scott Haney, we would like to welcome you to the RevAmp podcast. Uh, we're glad to have you on board as this week's guest. And for those people at home who don't already know you, perhaps you could start off by introducing yourself, your role, and a little bit about your uh, your company over there at Chili Piper. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Um, so yeah, so I, I basically head up operations over at Chili Piper. Um, so I've been with the company for about four years now. Um, I came on about a year after they initially launched to market with the, the handoff product. A lot of teams know for just scheduling meetings across different departments. Um, so in the past four years, I, I basically hand, headed up or handled uh, doing some different sales positions. And then it was in the startup vibe. It's mostly obviously you got to go and build out a lot of the infrastructure. Um, and that's where I first got real interested in doing operations. So I'd say for about the past three years of being here, it's been a, a real core focus around operations. I mean, that's it's primarily a mix of sales ops, uh, CS ops, marketing ops. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have my hands on like a little bit of financial operations um, that take place after deals get, get closed one as well. So it's, it's a pretty much huge mix across the board uh, for what I've had my hands on over here. That's awesome. And when we first started speaking uh, a few years ago, you were back as an A-round company. Uh, and since then, you've kind of you and your company have fast forward and now in the uh, if we look at the last 18 months for example of course you guys have gone on to, to raise a b round and a lot more money and i think your your head count has grown from around 50 60 employees up to around 150 employees so uh, an extra 100 people uh, on board and that has brought with it new challenges that you've faced over the past 18 months and i think if you're to lay them out for us maybe what was the first key challenge that you faced as you were scaling up your sales org and supporting operations teams? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'd say there's definitely like different ones we could have focused on, but I'd say one of the and the initial ones that we did focus on um, when we knew we were going to be hiring on a whole bunch of sales reps was the hiring and onboarding uh, piece to basically make sure we have all the enablement material and so we can actually replicate and train our reps effectively. So just basically to go in for the motion of decreasing their onboarding ramp period with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say the, the core focus of, of where we did with those departments, um, like before getting actually tools in place was mostly just to like have all that information documented in Google Drive, mm-hmm. whether it's a mix of Google Docs you'll have or Google uh, Sheets, Google Slides and so on for different mm-hmm. departments. Um, and then we had department heads own uh, the, the material for how they wanted like those first 30 and 60 days or so on um, for each of those departments to look, which most of that um, is going to be department specific related roles. But we tried to focus it around like three core um, things, which is specifically um, around tools training, mm-hmm. um, internal process training specific for that role, um, and then just skill set training related to that role as well. So whether it's maybe an SDR, it's more around the skill set of like getting them interested to book a meeting with you or if AE, mm-hmm. obviously trying to get them to close the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was also enabled by like different tools um, internally as well. Like uh, we had Gong 
which AEs and account managers could go in there and just understand the flow of conversation across with um, different customers, different use cases. Um, and then for SDRs, there's a mix of different tools as well that we had to train and enable them with. Mm-hmm. So once we essentially checked off the box for that initial step of just making sure we actually had an, an outlined process, um, eventually we we went on to go and evaluate different LMS platforms and ended up using WorkRamp uh, for our team. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason we did that is I, I'd say even when I've been with the company for, like I mentioned, about, about four years. So I saw us grow from being really small and you're, you're pretty you're small enough to where like you can, I'd say either hop on Zoom or chat with people on Slack and everybody generally knows what's going on. But when you get a lot bigger, it, it definitely does not become that way because you have so many people either changing departments or so many people, new people coming on board. Um, so you got to have that documentation layer in place. Um, so that's essentially like one big thing that WorkRamp enabled us to do. Um, even like I'd say another piece that also complements that, I'd say closer to when we, we did our Series B, um, back in March, uh, we implemented a tool called Guru for internal knowledge management, um, as opposed to just like an onboarding path or like transitioning to different roles. Um, so I'm happy to like talk about our experience doing that as mm-hmm. it like as it relates to the the RevOps onboarding as well. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go into that a little bit more now as to what that was like for you guys? Yeah, um, yeah, I'd say like in my experience. So from the rep training um, and like internal like knowledge management, like so some of the issues that we were running into was um, it, it might just be like common questions for like how we like how we should close on an op and hand off like inf- information over the CS team for them for onboarding. Um, it could be just like general questions of like, Hey, how do I go and expense this for trips or for uh, like just general like company meetups and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of that tends to, again, just be in people's heads, but you gotta have that documented. Um, so eventually same, we took kind of the same approach and making sure we had a lot of this information documented and outlined by departments, we had department heads own their specific like niche information. Um, and then eventually we ended up using Guru for the team and we just implemented that uh, company-wide. So that way each department would be able to just tag in um, their new hires or new people joining in the team. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically just so it, it kind of complements where the reps are living day-to-day, like whether they're in Slack, in uh, Gmail, and then it also makes it just real convenient to search from their Chrome extension. Um, just because they have the, they have like basically some like I'd say more of a machine learning component to it where it'll like uh, you type in a search term and it'll help surface obviously the most relevant piece of content. So um, I'd say like the training enablement piece definitely makes a huge impact. Um, so you kind of see that maybe like a little bit later on in the company, but looking back at it, it, it definitely is worth doing because you're going to quickly be bottlenecked by a ton of the same questions. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You wish you had documented earlier. Absolutely. I've seen that firsthand over and over again. Okay, so what was the next step or stage after that for you guys? Yeah. Um, so once we got, I'd say, the training and onboarding environment established, a lot of it was, um, I'd say, built around like, okay, how do we want to establish like our, our headcount um, of all these different departments? to essentially kind of work backwards from meeting our, our company revenue goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's 
the way like the way that we do that um there's basically like we have a, a like a financial model um and there's a whole bunch of different uh, like components that we can go into that but essentially um each department has their own reporting metrics and their own like headcount capacity metrics um and all that essentially for our, like our, our planning for the following year that rolls up into this model. Um, and that's, it's all based on those department specific metrics. Like for a closing role, it's gonna be essentially revenue based for mm -hmm. um, let's say like marketing um, or sales development. We're more so looking at like pipeline, which essentially just again ties over to the account manager or sorry, the account executive um, and then account managers own our ex existing business. Mm -hmm. So, um, that piece, in addition, um, there's other components to it that also look at like their capacity of like uh, meetings. That way they can essentially like say, hey, like here's about how many meetings on average uh, a rep should be maintaining in order to like have this much pipeline. Mm -hmm. These are conversion rates and this is how much they should be able to bring in in business. So at the end of the day is we're basically looking at that total revenue number um, in the financial model and then using those, I'd say a little bit more granular metrics to actually say, Hey, here's, here's about how many headcount we should have on the sales team to actually hit our, our new business uh, number. And sure. then here's how many account managers they're going to need. And here's how many accounts they can realistically manage because if they hit, let's say maybe, let's say like for enterprise, for example, if they're managing over like 15, 20 accounts, it starts to become very unmanageable from the amount of meetings that they're going to be having. Mm-hmm. Um, relative to like all the other miscellaneous tasks. So you would count basically at an operation level, even how many meetings or touch points it takes to close the deal, like retrospectively so that you can plan forward. Is it? Yeah, is exactly. It so yeah, it's a lot of it. I'd say it's obviously you're just looking at that key, like company number and then working your way backwards into the a little bit more granular metrics. Um, but the, the, uh, the meetings piece that's also just looked at to see um, like from an actual capacity standpoint of like, they might say, Hey, I'm, I'm available to receive meetings for 40 hours during a week. Yep. But then you've got all these other internal meetings you might have to account for, which might take up, let's say five hours internally. Mm -hmm. And then you've got huge, let's say 35 hours of actual availability, but how many meetings can you really fit in there as opposed to just only um, like, I'd say it's administrative work as a sales rep. Um, so like the, basically the goal for that is just to see, okay, how many meetings are they generally having? Like new, as far as like new initial meetings, mm -hmm. um, week over week and then like follow-up meetings week over week. So then we can see, okay, here's, they should be, have about X amount of meetings, um, each week. So if we can like in our app, like we can go and see their capacity for, um, like their utilization of here's their working hours and here's how many meetings are receiving week over week. So we can use a little bit of our, our functionality to help with that planning component. What I found interesting when you were sharing there a moment ago was, you know, you're planning out financially like a year in events, right? You're almost, you're, you're planning quite a ways in events. How, how do you plan forward um, so far and yet stay agile enough? And I say that in the context of the last 18 months, two years where we've had COVID and unknowns, how do you stay agile with the fact that things might change while still planning so far ahead? What, what, is there a, a break-even point? Is there a, a margin of flexibility there? How does that work in real ter in practical terms? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say it's, it's definitely, there's not just like one 
model that's got to be in place. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd say the, the agile pieces typically like we'll try and have different backups or if there's obviously like a weird, like I'd say, let's say maybe like a curveball that we get thrown, like with COVID coming towards us, mm-hmm. you got like definitely having a plan in place of like, okay, here's like our, our worst case scenario, or here's like best case scenario of like mm-hmm. nothing gets affected. It's business as usual, for example, for us. Um, so I'd say like to answer your question on that, it's, it's more specifically like just around having different models um, just mm-hmm. to account for potentially different scenarios that could happen to us. That's fantastic. So you've got a model for each of the main possible scenarios and then you've got your target aims no matter what and no matter which model you choose, you're going to get as close to the targets and the, uh, the overall financial plan that you have to start with. Okay, so I got that piece. Is there a next stage over the last 18 months beyond those in terms of role? I guess you mentioned earlier when we were when we were discussing the fact that obviously planning compensation uh, and how to kind of keep those uh, those those many new sales reps both happy and motivated uh, was an important next step which you guys hadn't scaled up before. So what did that look like for you guys? Yeah. So yeah. So I'd say like around compensation um, planning and, and just like commission structuring for the teams mm-hmm. um so we had like so before series a and our story, series b we had let's say a, a decent like a little bit of infrastructure for um our sdr um ae csm and account management team just around the core customer facing teams um mostly like at that point it was there might have been one or two managers at the team and then all the rest were just individual contributors so course when you're going and hiring you got to make sure you have the right allocation of managers to reps you don't want to just overload a manager with a million Mm -hmm. reps and then they have no bandwidth to help coach or help train the reps um so once we we kind of nailed that like i'd say that that ratio that we want to maintain for rep to to manager um that also i'd say led into more like compensation plans that we had to go and build out um for management um and for individual contributors. So it, it's, it's sort of like a similar process that we took on the other two milestones is mostly just making sure we documented all of it and had it in one spot. Mm-hmm. Um, basically to like approach, okay, here's how we want the uh, like individual contributor plan. Um, and then like as they get either, they either get promoted um, or they move like, I'd say like if they go from like an SDR um, to an AE path, like we have plans for, each of those. Um, so once we had all that documented in terms of like the payout rules, mm-hmm. um, a lot of that, like those next steps was having to go and build a lot of that infrastructure to support it inside of Salesforce. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say it's probably like the same type of experience. A lot of, a lot of companies experience is you're going to be doing a lot of this out of spreadsheets until you have it working smooth. And then once you know it's working smooth, then you can go and automate and replicate it mm-hmm. um, in a platform. So, um, our, the way our sales model is structured is we have uh, a sales assisted model um, and then we also have a self-service model. Okay. So there's a few different ways teams can like, let's say engage somebody to, to get compensated. Uh, but it's, we try and keep it, it's pretty fairly straightforward. It's A's obviously just close one deals and then there's accelerators um, or decelerators based on attainment. Mm-hmm. Um, similar with account management, um, SDRs are paid on qualified ops and then they are incentivized um, a, a certain amount uh, for closed one deals that they source. Right. 
And then um, the CSN teams primarily incentivized on uh, their, that logo retention and gross dollar logo retention as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so once we had all this built out, um, then we uh, we went and evaluated different commission software platforms, um, and then we ultimately ended up using Spiff for mm-hmm. the uh, uh, sales teams platforms. So they do a super like a very very clean job with outlining. Um, how all the payout rules will work, like how all your plans and your quotas tables will look in their platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say it was definitely like a lot cleaner looking than me doing it all in the spreadsheets. <laughs> um, and then it, as far as that responsibility, um, it was it was under my like wheelhouse for building out infrastructure and then like calculating commissions and managing that for the reps payout um, every month. It still is as well today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once we got spiff running um it was i'd say significantly a huge amount of time reduction in the actual like i'd say either reconciliation um if there were any errors if if at all um and then also just to build out new plans you're a lot more agile when you have this infrastructure in place um because mm-hmm. it could be pretty challenging when you have like new reps starting every single week or even like if it's like new hires starting bi-weekly um, we have different model, we have different plans for um, like your first three months and then your fully ramped is generally what we have it like for SDRs and account management um, and, and AEs as well. So once we got the let's say, infrastructure in place for it, um, it's a lot more like hands-free. It's mostly just saying like, hey, if what, what we do currently is um, I have a, a monthly meeting with some of the sales managers, with our AE manager and our SDR manager. Um, and we just look at either new hires who are joining the team mm-hmm. and, or if it's people who are transitioning out of the team um, to like different roles or different departments and so on. Um, and now it's, it's mostly just the maintenance of these dates, adding in the people. Um, and then from there, we just select the plans um, and Spiff does all the calculations for us. Cool. Awesome. So now if we wrap that all together into a, the wider story. What is the key learning that you've uh, that you've personally taken away as you look back on these last eighteen months? Yeah, um, I would say in in my experience, so one, definitely like one important thing. Um, I'd say don't forget to invest in an operations department as well because you, you're going to have so many different you have so many different tasks on your plate. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you need to have like a system for just kind of like establishing what's going to be important and like actually like urgent for the, for the company. Right. So having like a system to establish that, like for expectations with other people internally, cause they're not going to necessarily know how long it might take to build out some of this. Um, so just so you have like a system in place for expectations and then also just making sure you champion for headcount um, in your department, because it, I'd say once, once you understand like the, the backend builds that you have to go through and then the user experience that you can bring to the sales team, there's a huge uplift. I'd say like not only like team, like I'd say workflow, but also like user experience, you're going to get the data that you want. Um, mm-hmm. Reps are going to like sit there and complain and be like, Oh, I got to do like this new you know task in Salesforce. If you have the right people in ops, and they know how to make it look and like work really smooth for them or even like be more hands off. For the reps, um, you can remove a lot more roadblocks a lot faster, which will make you able to, I'd say, plan and obviously get a little bit more um, people in the door in it, like in a cleaner experience. Right. Um, 
another piece too, I would definitely say is um, even though the documentation piece, it might not be like the, I'd say the most like enjoyable part of the job. It, it's probably one of the more important pieces <laughs> that you got to make sure you pay attention to right. as well. Um, yeah. And then I'd say like, I mean, other just general things is definitely make sure you're, you're having fun as you're, you're doing things like make sure you have like the balance, um, you know, of just, I'd say your mental health component of that as well, just so you're not like getting burnt out as well. Cause you can definitely get a ton of tasks on your plate in ops, but mm -hmm. just making sure you've got the right, like, I'd say mindset about it. And then you're also like kind of take a step back and see, okay, what, what can you kind of get rid of or automate or like, I'd say delegate and send out to other people to do. Yeah. So you're going to have so many, like, I'd say so much noise on your plate and you just want to focus on the, the higher impact ones. Mm -hmm. Cool. Awesome. So I, uh, if, if there's nothing that we missed there from that kind of recap of learning and, and there isn't a question that I should have asked today, Scott, uh, that you think I missed, then um, absolutely enjoyed learning from your, uh, from your journey the last 18 months. Of course, I've, I've been in touch with you for, for way longer. So it's great to see this kind of uh, progress for yourself and for the wider team. And I can uh, completely understand that with the, uh, with the spike of COVID and everything that went with that in terms of people being more focused online and, and more digitally present and uh, and the need for Chili Piper being uh, exasperated from all of that, that this growth curve will not be uh, short-lived and you guys have a lot more work to do in the near future. So I look forward to staying in touch with you. Uh, look forward to your ongoing success, of course, and, and coming back, you know, X amount of months or a year from now and seeing what, what more learnings are, are down the road for you. But thank you for myself and, and of course, uh, all of the RevAmp team over here at Deal Hub for coming on board and sharing your experiences. And we look forward to your continued success. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you having me. Cheers, Scott. Cheers.